Welcome to the 403rd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Austin Rivera, author of the new book, Who is My Enemy? The Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing Podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S. Check out Libro.fm today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Austin Rivera, author of the new book, Who is My Enemy? Austin, welcome to the podcast. Hey there, how are you doing? Good. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your book, Who is My Enemy yet, how would you describe the book? Well, it's a true story. It's the story of my, fra- my father growing up in the projects in the 1960s and 70s. Who is My Enemy is the first of a series. There'll be at least four of these books, but time will tell. And it's basically his story growing up in poverty, growing up with the system against him, learning to fight physically, mentally, and spiritually in a crazy world. Well, do you consider the book a novel or is it a biography of your your father? It's I guess it's technically a biography, but it's not written like a biography. It's it's written more like a novel. I had a very hard time placing it in any particular genre because it's very different from, from any biographies I've ever read or heard of. Sure. Can you tell us about your father and what inspired you to write Who is My Enemy? Yeah. So my father had a hard life in the projects and he's uh, Puerto Rican, born and raised in the Bronx. His parents are from Puerto Rico and he was from the young age Uh, About eight years old, he was attacked quite often, uh, sometimes by multiple people getting jumped, getting beaten. And so he was put into he was put into martial arts training very early, about eight years old. And he learned to defend himself. And I just I grew up hearing these stories of my father fighting off two, three guys at once doing these flying kicks and all these crazy things. And I just thought he was a superhero. I always thought he was some kind of action movie hero from when I was young. And about four years ago, I just had this voice come into my head and it told me to write a book. And I just realized the best thing that I could write about, hands down, would be my father's story. It's a story that needs to be heard, needs to be told. Um, It's unbelievable. Some of the things he went through, life and death situations, just multiple encounters where if he wouldn't have 
done this or done that exactly how he did, he would not be alive. I wouldn't even be here. And so it's just it's just a story that I've always known needs to be told and just happened to be the person that is telling it. Is your father still alive? He is, yes. He lived uh, right down the road from me. We actually do uh, work together, flipping houses, doing renovations and stuff like that. He is alive, yes. So has he read the book? He has, yes. He has read it. He loves it. Yeah? What's his response? He's very nervous to put his life out there. He's always wanted to have a story, a, a book written about his life, just because it is just crazily, just crazy and unbelievable and amazing. But he's still nervous and scared to to put his life out there for everyone to see, for everyone to judge. But he knows that it's the right thing, that if it can even help one person um, who's struggling, that he it's well worth it. And so he grew up in New York. Yes, sir. New York City. And do you still live there? No, we live in South Carolina. He moved out. He hitchhiked to Florida looking for his sister and eventually found her. I stayed in Florida for a while and she moved to South Carolina and he followed her up here. Gotcha. You decided to self-publish Who Is My Enemy. What was that process like for you? So it was uh, very difficult. I did a lot of research. I, I called multiple publication companies. I, I, I didn't realize that traditional publishing uh, was so hard these days to get into, having to have an agent and all that stuff. And I just prayed about it and assisted self-publishing slash self-publishing made more sense for me. And after I did a little bit more research and figured out what these self-published or these assisted self-publishing companies were offering, I decided that self-publishing made a lot more sense for me. I could spend the same amount of money and get way more um, than what they were offering. And so I wrote the book. I did some research online. I looked for an editor on some Facebook, some Facebook group pages with authors and stuff and chose about four or five of them and and looked at their work and what kind of uh, genres they had uh, worked in before. And I just made my choice. And it took about a year of us working together, editing and going back and forth on some things. But it was difficult and it had to have I had to have a lot of patience during that time. Had had you written stories or novels before you wrote this story about your father? No, never. I I never thought I'd be, and I never thought I would be an author. I I, wrote, I started writing poetry when I was like fifteen, and I, I write poetry here and there. It, I never ever thought I would be an author. So tell me about this idea or this voice in your head about four years ago. What what was that like? What prompted that? Do you think? Yeah. So I was in my break room at work, and I hated my job. It was I worked in a factory as a weaver. And I was reading this book called The Celebration of Discipline. And this book is just all about what it means to walk out a true life of living with Messiah. And so I I was reading this book and I was reading the introduction and it was talking about him and how he didn't really want to be a writer, but did want to be a writer. And all these doors that opened and windows and everything came together and I, I still was not thinking, oh, I want to write a book. And, and all of a sudden, I, I felt this presence in me. I, I had felt it before. And many people call it by different names. I, I like to call it the spirit of source, the spirit of God. And I just had this unction. I had this feeling in me that it wanted to tell me something. And so I asked, I said, what do you want from me, Father? And I heard, not audibly, but I heard it in my mind, you're going to write a book. You're going to be an author. And, and so then I started to question what I would ever write about. And that's when the idea of, of 
writing my father's story came into into existence. So you mentioned your father did martial arts to survive the projects in kind of the streets of New York. Do you do martial arts yourself? No, I wish. My dad taught me a few kicks, but when I was growing up, he was always so busy working that he just didn't have a lot of time to sit down or teach us teach us a lot of his arts that he did. He practiced Wing Chun and Kung Fu, which are the same arts that Bruce Lee practiced. What was the writing process like for you with Who Is My Enemy? Did you talk to your dad extensively to do research, or did you know the story already? Yeah, so I basically came up to him, and after, I think it was that same night, I worked from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., so I texted him that night that I had this experience, and I figured, and I found out I was going to be an author. I said, hey, I'm going to write your story. How does that sound? Would you be willing to do that? And he said, yeah, sure, we can give it a shot. And so I basically, I knew some of the stories, but nowhere near as much. I learned a lot about my father writing this book, stuff I'd never heard before. And I basically would sit down with him and I would. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply just get him talking about a subject and and then he would remember something and I would write it down and like bullet point notes. I would write down this and that and this and that. And, and then when I would, when I would actually go to write the first draft, I went off of that. If I had any questions, I would call him and say, Hey, when you went down that stairwell was, what was at the bottom? Was it this? Or did you go left or right? Or I would I'll define it a little bit more, get a little bit more the stipulations involved and stuff like that. But yeah, I, it's a true story. Everything's everything in the book, every act, everything that happens in the book is, is real. When you're writing a story, there's only so much that people can remember. So of course, they don't remember what they had for breakfast in 1966, but you got to tell them, you got to write that they had huevos rancheros or something. Sure. So, but yeah. So you mentioned that this is the first book in, in a series. Are you working on the second book now? I am. Yes, I am. It's I'm still in the first draft stages, getting everything put together. But yes, I have started the second book. Given your experience writing this book about your father and his experiences growing up in the streets of New York, what advice would you offer for people who might have their own ideas for stories or novels? 
Yeah, you just got to be patient. It is a process. You have to be patient. Do your research and understand that, that it is not impossible. And I would say a lot of people have issues with starting multiple projects at once. I would say stay with a single project. Don't write multiple projects at once. Put one on pause so that you can take the time that you need to finish one single project. And then once you're done with that one, you can decide whether or not you want to start something else or go back to the one that you put on pause because it's just this just uh i forget the exact exact phrase but you got what is it too many coals on the fire or something like that it's just uh you spread yourself too thin with all these ideas running around but you can do it if i can do it man i am so technology technology technologically unsavvy i had a, i even had problems making sure i could get this interview app to work because because I had to download some stuff and I was like freaking out. So even if you don't know much about technology or know much about the internet and stuff like that, like I don't, I'm not a person of technology. It, there is a lot of tools out there to help you learn. Uh, YouTube does wonders. Uh, and there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that, author groups out there that you can ask questions You can and, and people will help you learn. There are a lot of tools out there to help you get to your goal. Great. Do you do a lot of reading yourself? Not as much as I should. I, I do read, but not as much as I should. What have you read lately or the last book or two that you really enjoyed? Yeah. So I was reading Raising Your Children on Purpose by Danny Silk. Um, that's the last book that I have. I haven't finished it. And then I've been reading some, of course, and I'm having a blank now. But yeah, I definitely need to read more. Not a problem. So uh, do you have a website or a place that people could go to learn more about you and, and your book? Yes, I do. It's very new. Um, still under construction a little bit. It's called livingvibrations.org. And there you will find, I have a, a blog on there and a blog that, like I said, it's a very new website. So there's not much on there, but I will be engaging with that website a lot more in the future. Great. Again, we've been speaking with Austin Rivera, author of the new book, Who is My Enemy? The book is available now, so go buy a copy. And Austin, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now stay tuned for a brief reading from Who is My Enemy? Read by the author, Austin Rivera. Breath. Breath. The first thing a person takes upon leaving their mother's womb, a life has begun, a baby boy doesn't know right or wrong, good or evil, friends or enemies. He doesn't see the line between darkness and light or know that there are forces beyond even a grown man's understanding. He will face crippling temptations and abundant joys. Love and hatred will overcome him. The absence of his father in this moment goes unnoticed. However, as oxygen fills his lungs, he has a presence shaping and molding his surroundings. In the life of his mother, he makes his first impression. It's the first time he's ever perceived to be anything. At this moment, he is perfect in the eyes of all. The first thing we all do upon entering our existence is cause pain. As an innocent newborn, he causes pain to the one person who is supposed to love him more than life. Pain will be an enduring factor in his life, dictating almost every facet of almost every choice he will make for years to come. Pain to the past will be the savior of his future. Without them, he wouldn't be able to survive. For now, he is swaddled in the arms of his mother, the woman who has suffered to enable him to take a first breath, his first love. She will break his heart as any first love. He will learn many things from his mother over the years, some things she won't even know she's learning. 
He will come to know the smell of her hair as he takes each breath against her breasts, the softness of her skin against his cheeks. Every moment produces something new he's never experienced, like the dimming light of a setting sun. All things must fade. Even so, will her loving touch and warm embrace, he won't understand why. There will be so many things he doesn't understand, things he could never understand. For now, his place in society is innocence. He doesn't know his race, not even his gender is clear to him. He can't comprehend the life or what he was, do- he was dealt. It's of no importance either. What's important is that smell and those relentless bright lights above him. He was in darkness and then suddenly he was thrust into the light where everything was wrong. Then the taste. Finally, his senses are overwhelmed, but for the moment, in the best of ways. If only he would have known the simple times would quickly come to an end. Maybe he would have held on to every taste of his mother's love. He would have remembered the smells and sounds and sights of what it meant to be truly cared for, to be truly important, to be loved. He will constantly seek out ways to fill this void, a void only love can fill. The void left by the ways of human nature and emptiness he will search to fill through countless means, none of which will soothe his hunger for love. He will search as we all search, relentlessly. A man's search for love is usually based on his surroundings. He's immediately placed in a class from the moment he is born. His parents have a certain amount of money or worth and live in a particular place. On top of many setbacks, they are minorities. These stipulations upon his life will shape him into the man he will become and create a hindrance upon the sources of love he will be able to cling to. When he doesn't find the love in the ones he needs most, he will be forced to look elsewhere. He doesn't know any true source yet. Even the most callous of people need some kind of love in their lives. Whether a pet or a bottle of whiskey, they are trying to fill the void. Society will place a label and a statistic upon him. He will have to fight every day of his life to overcome. Statistically, his life will end short, overcome by the circumstances of his environment. He will succumb to the vices he will use because the choices offered to him are so few. He needs to belong somewhere. He needs to eat somehow. He can't depend on school to raise him. How can a child who be educated when he won't always have a pillow to lay his head or a way to wash his clothes? These facts are unknown by him while his mother is gently rocking him to sleep, whispering empty promises into his ears of the kindest, kindest, sweetest nature, false lullabies. He alone will be the one to decide if he lives or dies. At least that's what he will believe most days. The truth of his fate won't be revealed to him for some time. He must be smart and meticulously observe every situation he encounters to make it out of the hell he will call home. The sad part is, his mother trusts her words. She knows nothing of the future that will be. His pain and loneliness, the hunger in his belly, the cold against his skin. For now, it's just a mother and a child in a moment that can never be again. There are only so many roads offered to him. If he would have been born into a wealthier family, He may have had a better chance at happiness, especially as a child. Later in his teenage years, he will pray and hope for many things that include a warm bed every night and knowing exactly when his next meal will be.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.